There is no minor sin. There is no sin which can be considered a minor sin. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, His justice confronts you. There is no sin, on the other hand, which could be considered as a major sin. When Allah Ta'ala's fadl and His grace confronts you. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's justice comes to us, then a person cannot say that, uh, you know, this is just a saghira, a minor sin. Every disobedience is a disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who is a mun'am al-haqiqi, who is a true benefactor. And as a slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who is a creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who is drowning in the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from head to toe, then um, any disobedience of him is a great grave disobedience. If you look at it from the perspective of justice. Uh, on the other hand, there is no sin which is so big, kabira, that is insurmountable, which cannot be overcome by the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if he chooses to forgive. In the Sharih, the commentator says that should Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's attribute of justice, adal, be manifested on earth, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to truly give us what we deserve, then dealing with us according to the strict criteria, uh, criteria of, of equity, that means He gives us, if Allah ta'ala wants to give us uh, exactly what we deserve, then the smallest of sins can, would be treated as the smallest sin, the smallest thing which would otherwise be considered a saghira by us, uh, he could consider it and he would treat it as an enormity, as a kabira. Because who are we disobeying? Who are we and who is Allah? And how insignificant we are and how great Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. So any disobedience of such a supreme being is actually a kabira, no doubt. In truth, a minute action of disobedience to such a majestic and great Lord and benefactor, that being whose grandeur is infinite, his bounties, his blessings are incalculable, it justifies that there should be an application of complete punishment upon the disobedient one. So this is uh, how the Sahaba anhum, the Tabi'un, the our Salaf, every sin they regarded to be a major disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they always sought forgiveness from it. They did not say, oh, this is just a minor one, this is not a big deal. They always looked at who they are disobeying. If on the other hand, His grace is manifested, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chooses to grant His fadl, then our greatest sins, no matter uh, how big they are, they will vein into oblivion. They will have no existence left. They will become insignificant due to his magnanimous forgiveness. This comes in the dua of Rasulullah which he taught us uh, to seek forgiveness. He said that, O oh Allah, that um, 
We express the fact that we are zalim in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. La ilaha illa anta subhanahu inni kuntu min al-zalimeen. Or like Adam alayhi salam said, Rabbana zalimna anfusana wa illum tafrir lana wa tarhamna lanakunana min al-khasirin. Then the Muslim dua is, Allahumma maghfiratuka awsa'u min dhunubi. O Allah, your forgiveness is far greater than my sins. Maghfiratuka awsa'u min dhunubi. It's more wasi'a, meaning my sins are a lot, but your forgiveness is even greater. It can definitely encompass all of my sins. And I have more hope in your rahmat and your forgiveness than uh, the adab that I deserve for my actions. One side, I see the adab that I deserve for my actions, but on the other hand, I see your forgiveness, and your forgiveness I have more hope in. So nothing is so great of a sin that you know, it's beyond Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In Allah, ala kulli shayin qadir. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the qudra to do whatever He wants. So, and He has the ability, why can He not forgive our sins? So this is the the balance so when we are having hope we have hope because we know Allah Ta'ala's qudra and his power is so great that he can forgive our sins uh, and when we have fear we do not have fear that he will commit injustice uh, we have fear that he may commit justice because if he, com- if, he f- if he commits justice then we are destroyed so worst case scenario is that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala is just with us and he gives us what we truly deserve because we are so sinful that if he gives us adal, justice, then we are destroyed. This concept we covered in a few different ways in the past as well. That in the world, there are so many protests, you know, people have the signs and they're marching and they're saying, we demand justice and we demand justice. But with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the day of judgment or even in this world, uh, we never want to demand justice or never want to seek justice, never want to ask for justice. Because as soon as we ask for adal, justice, then we are destroyed. Rather, we are always perpetually seeking fadl, never adal. Adal is what? Worst case scenario. If a person gets that which he does not deserve is fadl, and if a person receives that which he deserves is adal, and if a person receives less than what he deserves is zulm. So these are three logical scenarios. Receiving more than what you deserve is fadl. Receiving exactly what you deserve is adal. And receiving less than what you deserve or what we deserve is zulm. And between these three, zulm is impossible on upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Inna Allah la nasa shay'an. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not commit zulm on anyone. People, they are committing zulm on themselves. So number one, zulm is not possible. Number two, adal may happen, and which is the worst case scenario. And number three is fadal from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is what we hope for. That He gives us that which we do not deserve. So we are afraid of adal, not afraid of zulm. And we are hoping for fadal from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the, these divisions that are there, between Sagira and Kabira, that is based on uh, the Fuqaha and the Muhaddithun. They looked at the different sins, which are those sins that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses the word in the Quran that uh, for it. That when a person commits good deeds, then he wipes out his minor sins. The word used is Sayyat. Uh, and then you have uh, another type of sin which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says 
that وَإِذَا فَعَلُوا فَاحِشَةً أَوْ ظَلَمُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ ذَكَرُوا اللَّهَ فَاسْتَغْفِرُوا لِذُنُوبِهِمْ وَمَنْ يَغْفِرُوا الذُّنُوبَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ ذَنْبْ ذُنُوب This is a major sin. When the, the, the righteous servants of Allah are such that when they commit a fahisha, an obscene act, or they commit any dhunu upon themselves by disobeying Allah, committing a major sin, ذَكَرُوا اللَّهَ They remember who they are disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They remember Allah. And they see forgiveness for their sins. Then Allah Ta'ala says, And who else is there who can forgive the sins besides Allah? They do not continue to persist in, in, in those sins. So this is definitely going to happen. As they say, it's not a matter of if it's going to happen, it's a matter of when. Because Allah Ta'ala doesn't say, That if they commit a sin. Rather Allah Ta'ala says, That when they commit a sin. So there's two things, you know, they say when and if. So if you say if, that means there's a possibility it may happen, possibility it may not happen. If. Uh, and one is when you say when, when is that um, is definitely happening. It's just a question of when is going to happen. So we'll say... Um, You could, you would not say that. Uh, you will say, you would never say, if the sun rises tomorrow, uh, right? Because in tomorrow the sun is going to rise for sure. Now whether I'm there, you're there, we don't know. asbahta uh, When the morning comes, then you cannot be confirmed. You will see the evening. When you see the evening, don't be confirmed that you will see the next morning, right? So life is so unpredictable. So, but since all the signs of the Day of Judgment have not appeared yet, so therefore we are confirmed that tomorrow will exist. Because the khuruj of Dajjal and Mahdi and Isa have not happened. Khuruj of Dabba, the beast, has not happened. And the Yajuj, Majuj have not happened. So therefore, it's confirmed. After these signs of the Day of Judgment are done, then perhaps you could say, if tomorrow comes. <laughs> but right now, you would not say, if the sun rises tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You'll say, when the sun rises tomorrow. But tomorrow, um, is it going to be raining? For sure. You'll say, oh, if it rains tomorrow, then my, my picnic, my barbecue outside, my fula on Sunday, I had planned it with the family. Mm-hmm. That will be in trouble. If it rains tomorrow. You should not say, when it rains. Even if the forecast is 100% rain, you still don't know. There's always a chance it could be updated, right? So if is used when it is doubtful, and when is used when it's confirmed. We just don't know if it's going to happen or uh, when is going to happen. So Allah Taala says, "Wa ida faalu fahishatan." When they commit the sin, it's a matter of when they commit it. فَاسْتَغْفَرُوا لِذُنُوبِينَ Seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَمَنْ يَغْفِرُ ذُنُوبَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ So there is two types. One is the sayyat and one is the dhunub. <coughs> the sayyat, they get forgiven through the good deeds. إِنَّ الْحَسَنَاتِ يُزْهِبِنَ السَّيِّعَاتِ Verily the good deeds, they wipe out the sins. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, وَأَتْبِعِ سَيِّعَةَ الْحَسَنَةَ تَمْحُوهَا That follow up sayyat, a minor sin, with a hasana, with a good sin, تَمْحُوهَا it'll, it'll 
it will wipe it out. So if a person committed sayyah, you should commit a hasana, it'll wipe it out. So when a person makes wudu, all the sins from his body parts come off. When a person walks to the masjid for every step, one good deed is written, one sin is forgiven. From one salah to the other salah, all the minor sins in between are forgiven. From one jumu'ah to the other jumu'ah, minor sins are forgiven. From one umrah to the next umrah, minor sins are forgiven. There are different ahadith about different good deeds that they are means of kafara for the minor sins. Major sins, they will not be forgiven without individuals um, seeking forgiveness from Allah called Tawbah. And if it involves a human being, it also needs to, uh, a person needs to also return that uh, right that was violated to that person. So if in the Quran, in the Sunnah, if there is, for example, the word la'na, curse, used for a sin, like la'natullahi al kathibin so this is one of the usul, one of the indicators that this is considered to be a major sin. Or if a specific punishment has been given, there's a specific warning for a hadith. Or if a person is violating something which is uh, haram, engaging in haram, or makru tahrimi, this is a major sin. If someone, uh, he leaves something which is a makru tanzihi action, he engages in that, or leaves something which is uh, a sunnah action, then this could be considered a minor sin. <coughs> so this is where this division came from. From a fiqh perspective. But here, he's saying from the way a slave should treat Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, from a tazkiyah perspective, we should... No. If recognizing whom we are disobeying and who we are and how much we owe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's saying don't make this distinction. At least in our heart of hearts, we should consider it that there is no saghira. So that is you know, another approach. Rasulullah mentioned that mu'min is the one that if he commits a mistake, he feels like a whole mountain is about to crush him. The burden of that sin. And uh, the munafiq, na'udhu may Allah protect us. He's the one that he feels is just like a fly. It's not a big deal. I'll just wave it away. It's not concern. Another, uh, another hadith that subhanAllah Allah Ta'ala put him in mind is that Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi he is giving the alamatul iman, indication of faith. The indicator of faith, alamatul iman. He said, "Ida sarratka hasanatuka," that when your good deed makes you very, very happy, and you thank Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, you give me the opportunity to do this good deed. It makes you happy. Like Rasulullah Sallallahu said, "Lisaimi farhatan," the one who is fasting, there are two opportunities when he is very happy. Farhatun inda fitrihi, he is very happy at the time of iftar, like breakfast. Right, you're happy. Oh, subhanAllah. The breakfast is ready. Today we have from the Team Magic, the Tamil Muslim Association of Greater Chicago. Right, subhanAllah. So, um, all, we, normally most of us who, who went to sleep at night were not having the night shift or something of that nature. With those exceptions, we, we were sleep, when a person is sleeping, he's not eating. So he's fasting while he's asleep. So when he wakes up, the breakfast is, that's why it's called breakfast, breakfast. If you break the fast of the sleep, or you had to go to your blood test, they say come fasting. 
So you come in the morning without eating anything. And in Arabic is interesting, the, the morning breakfast is called futur as well, and the, the one after fasting throughout the day is also iftar. Farhatun inda fitrihi, he's happy at the time of the fitr. Why is he happy at the time of, of iftar? Most people think, oh, it's because he's going to have the ruhafza and he's going to have the mango lassi or the fruit chart or whatever it is. That's why he's happy. Farhatun inda fitri. So my little boy, we brought it a few days after Eid, we came to the masjid. He said, Baba, there's no fruit chart. <laughs> so I don't know. So there, this is the, you know, Farhatun inda fitri, a person's happy. It's not because of the, of the food and the drink. He's not happy because of the dosas and subhanAllah coming up. Idli and all that stuff. He's not happy because of that. What is he happy? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him the ability to fulfill the good deed. So he's happy that he, subhanAllah, Allah ta'ala gave me tawfiq to make a fast. Be happy when he returns to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When he sees the reward. So, when your good deed makes you happy. And when your sin makes you sad. Then know you are a true mu'min. So, um, the, the one who does not have iman or has weak iman, when he commits a good deed, he doesn't think it to be a big deal. He's like, oh, that doesn't make him happy. Nor when he commits a sin, he thinks it's a big deal. It does not make him sad. His, his heart is dead. The iman is weak. So, every sin should make a person sad and every good deed should make a person happy. لا صغيرة إذا قابلك عدله ولا كبيرة إذا واجهك فضله Same concept, he moves forward, he says من علامات موت القلب Among those علامات and indicators that the heart has now نعوذ بالله, may Allah protect us, has become dead من علامات موت القلب One of the indicators that the heart has now become dead is that is the absence of sadness absence of sadness there, a person is not sad over the acts of obedience that he has neglected so if he misses you know uh, the chance to perform the salat jama'ah or he misses the chance to go for umrah if he misses the chance to fulfill a fast in Ramadan. Going back to Ramadan, if somebody, for example, has an excuse, they ended up getting sick. Allah Ta'ala says, فَمَنْ كَانَ مِنْكُمْ مَرِيضًا أَوْ عَلَى سَفَرْ فَعِدَّةٌ مِنْ أَيَّامٍ أُخَرْ If you are sick, then you can fast other days. So if he's sick and he cannot fast, we have seen people, elders, our elders, if they got fast, uh, sick in Ramadan, then they will be so sad. You say, you know, you, you know you're, you, Allah has given you exemption, you can, it's a June or July maybe, Ramadan fast, you can make it up in December, or oh, you got a good deal, just eat, drink, take your medicine, and then you can make qada in December. No, they don't think like that. They will be very sad, oh I'm missing the fast of Ramadan, they're very, very depressed. If they are diabetic and they were trying so hard to fast and they ended up taking, you know, a little bit more insulin than required, they end up having hypoglycemia, sugar is going down, or they have to break their fast. So they are very, very, very sad. This is a sign of Iman. And not being sad, this is a sign of weakness of Iman. Sign of the death of one's heart. 
A sign of the heart's death is Adab al-Huzn, absence of sadness. When a person he loses out on an act of obedience of Allah. And it's the fact that a person has no regret. He abandons his regret over the mistakes that he has made. So a person misses out on good deeds or commits sins. Right? There are two categories. Omission of sin, of good deeds or commission of sins. In both scenarios, if he doesn't have sadness, then this is a sign that the heart is dead. In Surah Al-Bara'ah, Surah Al-Tawbah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the examples where he gave an ex- exemptions from the battlefield, from the battle of Tabuk. The battle of Tabuk was known as the Jayshul Isra, the campaign of difficulty. It was a very, very difficult campaign. We know that all of the factors that would make the campaign difficult were present together. On one side, it was a very, very far distance. The Roman Empire was far. It was a strong enemy, the superpower of the time. It was a very um, challenging time because of the heat. Allah Ta'ala speaks about that in Surah Al-Tawbah. The Munafiqun were saying, La tanfiru fil har. Don't go out in this heat. Why are you going for a battle in this heat of the summer of Arabia? Tell them that the fire of Jahannam is even more heat. Then they had uh, a drought for some time and finally they had the crops for the dates and if they would leave it and go the entire harvest would have been lost. So there was a lot of issues. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He gave exemptions to certain categories. Those who are handicapped, those that are blind, those that are sick and then specifically there were those who Rasulullah did not have enough conveyance for them. So there were 10 people per animal allotted and they would be taking turns. They did not have enough animals per for every individual to have their own ride which was provided by Uthman ibn Affan anhu. So there are some people Allah Ta'ala mentions There are some individuals who came and just asked you for a ride we want to join. This is a ride to go to the battle. This is not a ride to go for a picnic or the barbecue we talked about when and if it rains. Huh? So this is a very, very difficult campaign. Allah Ta'ala is saying there's no sin upon them. When, you, when they came to ask you for a ride, Qulta, you said, لا أجد ما أحملكم عليه. Sorry, I don't have any ride for you. So Allah Ta'ala says that they're exempted from participating. But these are such people, They were dejected, they were depressed, and they turned back such that they were crying so much that Allah Ta'ala says it wasn't just the tears coming down on their eyes, it looked like their eyeballs are going to fall out and roll down their cheeks. They were crying, crying so profusely. Hasanan with sincere grief that we wish we actually had money we wish we had money we don't have money so we could spend and have our own ride and participate in this campaign so this is a sadness example of sadness on 
Sadness on missing out on a good deed. Sadness on missing out on a good deed. So he, Rumi, he had amassed a huge fortune. And when he was going for hijrah, the mushrikun of Makkah caught him on the way. And he told him, look, I can give you the locations of all of my life savings. You can take that, but just let me go for hijrah. Otherwise, I will fight with you and I will kill many of you. Eventually, you may overcome me. You are a whole group. I'm alone. But many of you will die for sure. Those who are coming from a distance, I will shoot my arrow, arrows and all of my arrows. And when they're finished, then I'll use my spear. And then when it becomes hand-to-hand combat, many of you will be wounded and killed before you overcome me. But you are a big group. That is one option. The other option is I will tell you all the locations where I have hidden my money. You can take it. So they were jealous of him because he was an outsider. He was from the northern tribes that, and he had ended up being enslaved by the Romans. And he grew up with the Romans. Then he, he eventually, as an outsider, came to Mecca. So the, he was not Roman blood. He was actually Arab, but from the northern Arabian tribe. When we say Bilal Habashi or Salman Farsi, Bilal was actually Ethiopian. And Salman عنه, was actually Persian, Farsi. But Suhaib Rumi was not actual Roman. He grew up with the Romans. So he came, uh, he came, he, when he came from outside and he made a lot of money, then the local Quraysh people didn't like him. Like, why is this foreigner becoming so rich? The hatred of the foreigner, the xenophobia was there. So they knew he had a lot of money. And when he was going for Hijrah, they went out to capture him. And this is what he said. So they took up his offer. And he gave them location of all his money. They never thought it was possible. He's lying. Because a Muslim they knew would not lie. In those days at least. They had much confidence. Right? Safrullah, what is the condition of the Muslim Ummah today? So this was a loss of dunya. But it was a gain in the akhirah. When he was coming into Medina, Rasulullah saw him. And the first thing he told him is, as he was entering, fulfilling the command of hijrah, he said, Rabihta ya Suhaib, Rabihta ya Suhaib. O Suhaib, you have made an amazing bargain and you have made a huge profit. So he said, which profit are you talking about? Then he said, Allah has revealed the ayah in the Quran. This is Surah Al-Baqarah. His story is mentioned in Surah Al-Baqarah. وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْشْرِي نَفْسَهُ إِبْتِغَاءَ مَرْضَاتِ اللَّهِ They are among the people, such beloved ones to Allah, who have given all their life savings to ransom themselves to gain their freedom so they could go for fulfillment of the hijrah. So losing the dunya and gaining the deen, it was a sign for his celebration. And gaining the dunya with losing the deen is a sign for, for um, sadness. As when the treasures from the Persian Empire were piled into the courtyard of Muslim the Nabwi, so there was a huge heap of gold and silver and jewels that were amassed by the Sassanid Empire, the Sassaniyun, for generations. These kings were taxing the people and hoarding up gold and silver. And when that came into Medina al-Munawwara, in the Khilafat of Umar anhu, and he saw it, he started crying and weeping. People said, this is a great victory. Why are you crying? He said, if this was a good thing, it would have come in the era of those who were the better people. Rasulullah and Abu Bakr, they were better than me, Umar. So in their time, this didn't come. It came in my time. So therefore, it's not a good thing. And I'm afraid of the hadith of Rasulullah where he said that one time there was a big 
uh, third sound and he turned around and half of the stuff had collapsed from starvation. They just fell down. They were so hungry, they were stressed level of starvation that they fell down. Bam! Onto the ground. I mean, it wasn't some little hunger. It was major starvation. So, he said, Rasulullah you would have thought he would say, Oh, subhanAllah, you're so poor. I wish, you know, Allah opens the doors. Instead, he said, Laysa al-faqru akhsha alaykum. It's not the poverty I'm afraid about. Walakin akhsha alaykum dunya and tubsata alaykum. I'm afraid about the dunya will be opened up upon you. And then what's going to happen? Kama busitata ala man kana qablakum. Like it was opened up upon those prior to you. Fatanafasuha kama tanafasuha. And then you will start fighting with one another for this wealth like the previous people fought over the wealth then it will destroy you like it destroyed them so sadness uh, uh, about potential losing of the deen even if the dunya is coming happiness if the dunya is going but the deen is coming this is a sign of the movement um when the heart is driving pleasure from acts of obedience and is grieving when afflicted with sin, this is the indication that the light of Iman, the Nurul Iman, is radiating in the heart. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala illuminate our hearts with the Nur of Iman such that you know, we have these feelings. Whatever good deed we have, we, make, we, we say, Alhamdulillah, thank Allah for it. We never belittle it. We never look down upon it. Rasulullah said, لا تحقرن من المعروف شيئا Do not belittle a good deed and say it's nothing. Say, Alhamdulillah, Allah, with your tawfiq, I was able to do it. Uh, and have happiness for it. This happiness celebration is, is called farh. So in the Quran, there is a command to celebrate, amr. And there's also a prohibition, لا تفرح, do not celebrate. Both exactly opposite. If we look in the Quran, Surah Al-Qasas and Surah Yunus. In Surah Yunus, there's an ayah, celebrate. In Surah Al-Qasas, there's an ayah, do not celebrate. So it may seem like they're contradicting one another. Whereas we know many times we repeat this ayah. Do you not ponder and reflect over the Quran? If the Quran came from anyone besides Allah, you would find many contradictions. But if you ponder and reflect, there is no contradiction. So where is Allah Ta'ala saying, La tafrah, prohibition, do not celebrate, it's with respect to dunya. So Qasas, Qarun. Remember when he was told by Musa alayhi salam, his cousin, he told Qarun, uh, uh, meaning the keys for his treasures, a whole caravan would be carrying the keys to the treasures. So, what did Musa say? Do not celebrate over this dunya. Do not consider this that a sign that Allah is pleased with you. So, when it comes to dunya, is La Tafrah. On the other hand, in Surah Yunus, Allah Ta'ala is speaking about the blessing of the Qur'an. Ya Yuhannas, O mankind, Allah has sent, given you the Qur'an. But He doesn't use the word Qur'an, He uses 
four sifat, four attributes of the Quran. Allah sent an advice from your Rabb. This mu'idah is what? The Quran is an advice. Shifa'un lima fi sudur. It is a cure for the sickness of the heart. Wahudan. Guidance from Allah. Wa rahmatan lil mu'mineen. Mercy for the believers. This is what has come from Allah, the Quran. Qul, say, bi fadlillahi wa bi rahmatihi fa bi thalika fal yafrahu. This is the fadl of Allah. This is the rahmah of Allah. This is something you should rejoice. Be happy about the Quran. So when it comes to the blessing of the deen. The tafsir of this is called, uh, uh, from the Sahaba is there's two words here. Be happy over the fadl of Allah and the rahmah of Allah. The fadl is the Quran and the rahmah is anja'alana min ahl quran He made us from among those who received the Quran. So this is something, فَلْيَفْرَحُوا Rejoice, be happy. SubhanAllah. So if you make a khatam of the Quran or if you are learning the Quran or you're able to uh, make amal on the Quran, learning the meaning of the Quran, this is something to be happy about. Faliyafrahu is a command to be happy. So being happy over good deed, we find it again, subhanAllah, in the Quran. And being, not being happy about the dunya. The simple thing is, Rasulullah said, Inna Allah yu'atadeen man yuhib. Allah grants the blessing of the deen to those whom He loves. So if you have a blessing of the deen, this is a sign that Allah loves you. So how can we not be happy about that? Well, Allah loved me, He gave me the blessing of the deen. Allah Ta'ala grants the dunya to those whom He loves and those whom He does not love. Both. So, Fir'aun and Nimrud had kingdoms, and Dawood and Sulaiman also had kingdoms. We are not saying that the, if a person has the dunya, it's a sign Allah does not love them. No, because the dunya was also given to Dawood and Sulaiman from the Anbiya, and Uthman ibn Affan and Abdurrahman ibn Awf from the Sahaba. But the dunya was also given to kings of the past who were zalim, like Fir'aun and Nimrud and Shaddad and Qarun and Haman, and also was given to Abu Jahl and Abu Lahab. So what we learn is that in of itself, just alone, if we examine the blessings of the dunya, that is not a confirmed sign that Allah is pleased with someone. But the blessing of the deen, whether the dunya or not, is a sign that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves someone. So when Allah ta'ala grants the blessing of the deen, there is a command to rejoice, command to be happy. And a command from Allah ta'ala to thank Him. And if you thank Allah for His tawfiq, then inshaAllah Allah will further increase it. So inshaAllah, with these few words uh, we complete today's session, we make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it among the true mu'mineen. Let us make a few duas inshaAllah. Bismillah rahman rahim Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, rabbil alameen. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallam. Allahumma barik ala Muhammad wa ala ali Muhammad wa barik wa sallam. Allahumma ja'al ijtima'ana hadha ijtima'a marhuma wa ja'al tafarruqana ba'dahu tafarruqan ma'asuma wa la ta'afina wa la minna wa la ma'ana shaqiyin wa la mahruma wa Allah grant us the reality of iman ya rabbil alameen wa Allah grant us oh Allah happiness over our good deeds oh Allah such happiness and gratefulness that we express to you with shukr that you increase our good deeds ya rabbil alameen oh Allah fill our hearts with sadness over sins oh Allah such sadness which brings regret and nadama and sincere tawbah 
and we and O oh Allah, Sister Toba that ends up washing away all our sins, Ya Rabbil Alameen. O oh Allah, O oh Allah, do not allow our hearts to become rusted, Ya Rabbil Alameen, to become insensitive and to not feel happiness over good deeds and, and sadness over sins, Ya Rabbil Alameen. O oh Allah, O oh Allah, what a profound lesson we learn that, O oh Allah, if you are going to be just with us, then no sin is minor, every sin can lead to destruction. And O oh Allah, if you are express your fadl and grace towards us, then no sin is too big that you cannot forgive. O oh Allah, O oh Allah, we ask from you your fadl, Ya Rabbil Alameen. O oh Allah, we seek protection from your adal, Ya Rabbil Alameen. O oh Allah, O oh Allah, O oh Allah, O oh Allah, do not give us what we deserve for we will be lost, Ya Rabbil Alameen. O oh Allah, O oh Allah, you are the forgiving, the merciful. Grant us based on your greatness of forgiveness, Ya Rabbil Alameen. You are the greatest giver, Ya Allah. O Allah, O Allah, without your fadl, we are lost, Ya Rabbil Alameen. O Allah, O Allah, our beloved Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, our master, he also said that I cannot enter Jannah illa an yatagammadini Allah bi fadlihi. That until I am enshrouded with the rahmah and fadl of you, Ya Rabbil Alameen. O Allah, O Allah, he said he cannot enter Jannah based on his own actions, so how can we enter Jannah based on our actions, Ya Rabbil Alameen? O Allah, O Allah, whatever actions we are performing, they are filled with deficiencies, both in the external performance of the action and in the internal dimension as well. O Allah, O Allah, O Allah, overlook the deficiencies of our actions and grant them qubuliyah, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Grant us ikhlas, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Grant us istiqamah, Ya Rabbil Alameen. O Allah, O Allah, protect us and our families and our loved ones and our children from all the fitan, Ya Rabbil Alameen. O oh Allah, O oh Allah, in this day and age, this, this country we are living in, O oh Allah, this month of June that has dawned upon us has just begun. is a month where people are celebrating and they're proud of, of their life of disobedience to you, Ya Rabbil Alameen. O oh Allah, they have declared this a month, the pride month. O oh Allah, protect us all from this fitna, Ya Rabbil Alameen. O oh Allah, O oh Allah, the situation is so bad that it's not a matter of that we are committing this sin or we are disobeying you, but rather that they're using the word pride, that they are so proud in, in adopting this alternative lifestyle. O oh Allah, O oh Allah, protect us and our beloved children and our progeny from falling into this fitna, Ya Rabbil Alameen. O oh Allah, become affected by this fitna, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Protect us from the fitna of the pride month and all other months, Ya Rabbil Alameen. O oh Allah, O oh Allah, this is a concentrated campaign in spreading this fahish, obscene lifestyle. O oh Allah, protect all of us, Ya Rabbil Alameen. O Allah, O Allah, grant us istiqamah and iman, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifoon. Wa salamun ala mursaleen. Alhamdulillah. Zakumullah. So inshallah we can perform uh, nafallah inshallah and proceed downstairs. Zakumullah.